Amen and amen. Why don't we give God praise right now? I believe God's got great things for us already. Have you experienced the presence of God in the house today? Why don't we just take a moment and elevate the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. I'm grateful today that we can experience God's presence in such a powerful and mighty way today. Amen. I believe that God has a plan for each and every one of you. God's got his perfect plan unfolding every single day. And so today is a step in that direction. Amen. And so you have picked a tremendous time to be in the house of God. Welcome to the sanctuary today. Amen. The sanctuary is a place of life. It's a place of hope. It's a place of love. This is a place to belong. And so if you are here today and you're one of our first time guests, even one of our returning guests, we welcome you today in Jesus' name. So glad that you're here. So glad you're back. We are glad to see what the Lord is going to do in the house today. Amen. As I was preparing for this brand new sermon series today, you know, I was thinking some folks, well, they choose a word to begin a year, right? You take a moment, you think, man, what is that special word maybe for the year? Now, I realize that I'm two months in, so I get it. I'm a little late to the party to share my word with you. But my word for the year is ninja. Ninja, yeah. So for some of the young people, if you don't, they know what a ninja is. Us older folks, we're not exactly sure what a ninja is. I mean, seriously, we've had to be so flexible and quick on our feet in 2020. But can we say that in 2021, it keeps on giving us more opportunities to demonstrate our ninja skills. Now here's what I want to share to this wonderful group here in the auditorium and online today. I am so thankful to be preaching to an amazing, determined group of men and women, young people of faith who do not bend in the course of turmoil. You're not willing to fall and simply stay down. No, you're willing to get back up because each and every one of you are spiritual warriors by the power and the grace of Jesus Christ. Do you want to receive that today? Oh, I believe that today. I'm speaking some faith and some hope, I hope, into someone's heart and life today. Because let's face it, the constant barrage of challenges over these past 12 months, let's face it, it really has taught us a few things. From all the continually challenging experiences, can I say, first of all, I've just learned to be grateful. I've learned to become grateful. I have learned to value the things that I've taken for granted. And I'm learning every day, right? I hope this is our prayer as well. But I'm learning every day to become a better steward of all that the Lord has blessed me with, all that God has given me. Anybody in the building today, amen, grateful today for what God continues to do. It's unfolding love every single day and His grace abounds. There's a life changing principle that's echoed throughout the scriptures and that is that every single thing that we have is on loan yes. from yes, the Lord right yes. it's on loan from God God invests into us time and talent and treasure he invests these wonderful things into us so that we can use all of them for his glory for his kingdom. The question really is, what do we do with all that has been freely given to us? And so really this concept of stewardship is that we're all managers of all, somebody say all with me, all, all right, we're all managers of all that the Lord has entrusted us. We in fact don't own anything. We're not owed anything from God because everything really comes from the Lord and we should use it all as though it is His and not our own. And so really over the next few weeks we're going to focus on the benefits of really being a good steward of what God has given to us. The benefits of living with eternity in mind as God's kingdom has our heartbeat. So the idea of focus on relationship with God above everything else here on earth. Can I tell someone today that you've been trying to figure this out on your own perhaps, but stewardship, 
is really the missing ingredient to living an abundant life? Stewardship, it really is. Managing what God has given to us is really the missing ingredient to that life overwhelming today. You see, God has given us his spirit, but we're often chasing after other things, all right? Chasing after stars or rainbows or whatever it is we're chasing after. And we're spinning and running in circles, chasing the wrong things, building our own Kingdoms are sandcastles on the sand, so to speak, that distance us from the abundant life that God really has for us. And so stewardship is understanding that everything that we have is given to us from the Lord. It's, in essence, an appreciation for all that God has blessed us with. It's placing those talent, time, and treasures to good use for God's kingdom. And so if we want to see the church on mission, we must place God first. Everyone say first the kingdom. It's got to allow ourselves to be a part of us. It's got to bubble to the surface of our hearts daily. And so before we go any further with this message today, I want to share a life-changing, liberating truth with you. God desires something for us, not from us, all right? He desires something greater than you have right now. He doesn't just want to take stuff from us. No, that, that's not who God is. God wants to bless you. God wants to empower you. God wants to entrust you with greater things. But we've got to allow ourselves to be submitted to the Lord, submitted to his spirit. Amen. Submitted to the word of God. Say, God, grow me, mold me, make me in your image. God desires for us to join him on this glorious mission to reach the world with the good news, the gospel of Jesus Christ. To be a part of what his bride, the church, is doing in these last days. When we view stewardship through this remarkable lens, it shifts our view. It changes the way we look at life because it shifts from what is the minimum I must do to be a Christian. And it shifts to how can I glorify God with all that has been entrusted with me. Amen. I want to glorify the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. I want God to receive the glory through my life. I don't want to be building sandcastles on the seashore somewhere so the waves of life will simply blow them over, but I want to have a firm foundation built upon the rock, Jesus Christ, and allow His Spirit to guide me every single day of every single moment. Is that your desire today? Is that your prayer today to be led by the Lord. Amen. Jesus, he shared a parable of this fella and he finds this guy and he's, he's talking about this, this individual. He finds treasure in a field. Now, you know, he just, you know, go look around some ground. You just find something in the field. Okay. Well, what he does in finding this treasure, so this, this guy, he spies out the treasure and hid it so no one else would find it. All right. But instead of focusing just on getting that small amount of that treasure, he chose to purchase the entire field. The ultimate treasure we should seek then is not a single item, a one, one moment in time, but it needs to be a lifestyle. What we find in the scriptures, this individual was focusing on something amazing rather than a boundless, unending relationship with Jesus Christ. That needs to be our focus. God, let me not just have a one-time experience, but let me bask in your presence daily. Let me experience your spirit every single day. Grow me, God, so that I'm not waking up on a Monday concerned about what happened. No, I'm living with your mission in mind, being propelled by the gospel, the hope of Jesus Christ to transform me, Lord, from the inside out so that I can be a light in the darkness. The hidden, the hidden treasure in the field, therefore, is something that you and I must seek. We must seek after today. And in seeking, we will find it. 
Matthew chapter 13 and verse 44. It shares this powerful scripture. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field, which a man found and hid for the joy over it. He goes and sells all. Everybody say all. He sells all that he has and buys that field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant seeking beautiful pearls, who when he found the one pearl of great price, went and sold all he had and bought it. And so today I want to focus on this inaugural sermon for this series, The Church on Mission, Redeeming Our Time. We are called to redeem the time. The Bible says, because the days are evil. You may be wondering, what does stewardship have to do with church on mission? Well, the answer to that question is absolutely everything. Here's the deal. We cannot live out the mission of God, the mission of the church, when we are pursuing our own kingdom rather than God's kingdom. It's impossible for us to pursue God's kingdom without investing in it. It's impossible to pursue God's kingdom without investing the best part of us into it. What do I mean? Well, when my heart is really in it, then let's face it, it's going to be a priority, right? I mean, it's something that we wake up. It's something that just, we don't just check a box on a Sunday, but we live this thing out on Monday through Saturday. I mean, it's a part of us. And on Sunday, we get together and we celebrate together with God's people, amen. We get to praise and worship the King of Kings, but it's a lifestyle of living every single day. It transforms our actions and our mindsets and our attitude, our commitments, so that we're willing to follow the voice of the master every single day. There's an article that was published once entitled, if you're 35 years old, by the way, I've passed this number a while ago, but if you're 35 years of age, you've got 500 days left <laughs> to spend the way you wish. Now that sounds kind of sad right there, but let me keep on going. Uh, just think about it for a moment, all right? This idea said, if you subtract time, sleeping, Working, eating, traveling, doing chores in the next 35 years, we'll have 500 days to spend as we wish. Yeah, I know, right? Wow. <laughs> when all the necessary things are done, I mean, how much time is really left? I'm sorry to depress you this, this morning. I do apologize. But I do have a point to this, all right? The interesting thing is this. God didn't give all of us the same level of talent, all right? I wish I could play the organ or the piano or the guitar like some of these wonderful musicians. I wish I could be as talented as some of you administrators are and you web designers and you creatives out there. I wish I could be just like you. I am not, all right? I don't have the same level of talent that you do. Some of you are blessed with finances. Man, that is a wonderful, amazing barometer of wealth. But not everybody in this world is blessed with wealth today at the same level, right? But what we do all have the same of, we all have the same amount of time. We all have the same amount of time. Think about it for a moment. The bank, well, it credits each morning with $86,400. Now, that would be a great deal to show up in your bank account right after you left church. I mean, right, somebody? Yeah, a few of your hands. Nobody? Man, all right. <laughs> That's all right. We'll spread the wealth. That's okay. It carries no balance from day to day. Every evening deletes whatever part of the balance you fail to use during the day. You know, all of us have this bank account, and it's called time. Every morning it credits you with 86,400 seconds. If you fail to use the day's deposits, you lose yours, and there is no going back. Invest it to get the most out of life itself, both spiritually and naturally. Amen. The clock is running, and so we are called to make the most of every day. While there is still daylight, we are called to live on this earth as a light into the darkness. The Bible declares that the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. 
Every single day I refuse to allow a stone to cry out in my place, but I want to take an opportunity to worship the King of kings and the Lord of lords and give him glory for all that he has given unto me, for salvation, for strength, for peace, direction. Daily as I walk in the Lord God, guide my steps. Let me be a worshiper that worships you and exalts you. Benjamin Franklin once said, do not squander time, for it is the stuff that life is made of. It's the stuff that life is made of. Many frustrated individuals seem to always fight the clock as a way of life. I mean, they stay up late, they, you know, then sleep in late, they rush to school, rush to work, gulp down that unhealthy breakfast or no breakfast at all as they're driving in their car trying to use a razor on their face at some stoplights. Now that we've been home for a little bit during this crazy time of pandemic, right? We're working from home, some of us. Who would have ever thought that, man, I would think that now we'd be able to get some stuff done, right? But we seem to still squander time. We struggle with priorities, am I right? We struggle with priorities. A friend shared a funny but true thought with me last week. I keep saying, if man, if I could just get a day or two at home, man, I could clean out those closets and everything would be just fine. Well, we had a winter storm, and uh, I don't think that that statement actually panned out to be very true, right? Uh, we were stuck at home with probably some of us no lights, no water, no power, no internet, and, and we still managed to squander some time. I'm sure we all feel guilty being rushed around, overloaded at times with all the demands of life. And oftentimes, can I share this, that it's because we're having a difficult time prioritizing the right things over the good things. God, let me prioritize the right things on a daily basis. When we study the life of Jesus Christ, I'm amazed he never seemed in a hurry. I mean, Jesus was never in a hurry. I mean, he just seemed to kind of go about his day. I mean, his plan was to redeem the world, the most important job in history. He only knew this. He knew that he only had a few years to take care of what he needed to do, his ministry, his public ministry on the earth. But he's never rushed. I mean, he has had time to place his hand on children, bless folks, pray for folks, eat fish. I mean, hanging out. He had time to just kind of be who what he was called to be and who he was called to be. Time was Jesus' friend. Psalm 90, verses 10 and verse 12. The days of our lives are 70 years, and if by reason of strength they are 80 years, yet their boast is not only labor and sorrow, for it is soon cut off as we fly and we fly away. So teach us, everybody say teach us, Teach us to number our days, that we may gain a heart of wisdom. Gain that heart of wisdom. An important lesson is that time isn't a renewable resource. Time's not a renewable resource. Once it's spent, can't get it back, right? The hardest part of this is that time just keeps on ticking. It just keeps on moving, regardless if I'm intentional on how I spend it or not. We're called to number our days, teaching us to truly value time as a treasure, as a gift from the Lord. We need to refuse to spend it consuming things that really don't have eternal significance. Yes, we all have to work. Yes, we have responsibilities, but they don't have to control us. Work doesn't have to get the best of us. Yes, we all need downtime, time to relax, but that cannot be our life motivation. We can't have a working for the weekend mentality, wishing our lives away, because let's face it, we all do that sometimes, right? Man, I wish I could just get to I could just, man, I can't wait till we're wishing our lives away instead of seizing the day, right? Seizing the moment. God, help me today. What can I learn from you today, Lord? How can you grow me? How can I just take a little time and meditate on your word in prayer? How could I reach out and encourage someone? How can I be your ambassador of truth 
in these perilous times. We're called to be the light, to be the church, the church on mission. We need to have, of course, the aptitude, the awareness that we've got to take care of family, we've got to take care of responsibilities, but I believe we're missing an important piece when we forget to take care of our spiritual self. God, help me every day. Grow me, mold me in your image. During this past week's small group session, by the way, a plug for small groups. If you're part of my small group life study, praise God. If you're in a small group, good job, all you small groupers. Thank you for being a part of Community and Connection. One of the questions that was raised during the course of that discussion is, how do I grow in Jesus? I mean, how do we, I mean, the simple question, but yet it really has profound impact, eternal impact. How do I grow in the Lord? I mean, what are some practical things we can do? Well, and then we begin to discuss this. Well, before I answer, what do y'all think? What's going on? People are saying, well, man, we need to pray more. We need to fast more. We need to read our Bible more. We need to be in the presence of God more. We need to be with the body of Christ on on a Sunday, of course, we're here on, you know, here in person. Some are online for health reasons or whatever. But God, I pray every day, let me be saturated by your presence. Let me listen to worship music, God. Let me listen to good preaching uh, Monday through Saturday, not just on a Sunday. God, I pray that you will help me stir up the gift within me, God, to place a priority on spiritual things. Something that we must do. We must invest time wisely. We need God's direction regarding how we ought to spend our time. We really do. I mean, don't we need some direction sometimes? God, guide me in this area, you know. Let me not squander time, but let me, let me, let me have some, you know, guide me in this area. Because our time isn't our time any more than our talents or money is. It's all His. We got to realize it's all on loan from the Lord to us. And I believe God is calling us to pray for his plan and his will to seek and see opportunities in the moment to make life count for eternity. To realize the value of one year. Ask the student who failed a grade. How valuable is a second? Ask the person who barely missed a car collision from that other car that drove across the street. How valuable is a millisecond? Asked the Olympic swimmer who missed qualifying by six tenths. Time is valuable. Amen. A.W. Tozer wrote, time is a resource that is non-renewable, non-transferable. You can't store it up, you can't slow it down. Can't hold it up, can't divide it, even can't give it away. Can't hoard it, can't save it for a rainy day. When it's lost, it's uncoverable. When you kill time, there is no resurrection. When you kill time, remember, there is no resurrection. The thing is, we get it. We get it. We understand it in our heads. I mean, we get this, that, hey, this is an important deal. You know, we, we understand time to some extent. We understand. It's just really hard to live this out, right? I mean, there are so many time wasters, right? There are so many things that waste our time. And we, we do spend, as a society, millions of dollars to try to save time. We've got microwaves, instant popcorn, dishwashers, all right? We have GPS. We ha I mean, can you remember the days when you actually pull out a big old map, try to map out a course, oops, I took the wrong road, or you go to the gas station, anybody do this? You know what I'm talking about, some of you guys that are my age. Uh, excuse me, I'm looking for so-and-so road. Well, yeah, if you just go down this way. I remember doing this one time. Uh, I was somewhere, I was lost in the middle of nowhere. I think it was in Arkansas, I was doing something I don't, I'm for, for a college. And I was driving and I said, hey, I'm trying to find a campground around here. Oh yeah, you just get on this road, you make a left, right? And you go down about a mile, it'll be right there. I did that, I drove, there's nothing. I got, went to the next station. Uh, well, actually, if you make a right-hand turn out of this gas station and you just go down a mile, you should see it. Yeah, I, don't, I never found it. <laughs> I just kind of gave up and called, hey, can you like find me? I'm at this gate. Oh, yeah, yeah, I'll be right there. Sometimes we get all turned around, right? We get all turned around. What am I talking about? Sometimes our directionless lives get turned around because we are focused on the wrong things. 
Sometimes our directionless lives were not grounded in what is essential, what is eternal. And by virtue of that, it's like we throw up confetti in the air and wind blows it wherever it goes. God, help me have a rock solid understanding of the Bible. God, grow me, mold me, make me in your image. Help, Lord, the word of God to saturate my soul so it will guide me and direct me to what you're calling me to. God, help me every single day to play a priority in my life and that is on the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords on your kingdom and your purpose for my life if we really treasure time we need to look at it through the lens of stewardship and realize how precious our time is here on earth and ask the Lord to help us make the best use of it for him. Everything that I have, including my time, it, it is given to me. It's on loan to us from God. I mean, if that's the case, it feels like at times that I will never have enough hours in the day to accomplish all that he has for me. Therefore, I should be motivated to figure out, God, what can I make the highest priority? Or can I just do something? I'm not supposed to do nothing. I'm supposed to go do something, right? Go do something for him and for his kingdom to accomplish what he's trying to do in me. I shouldn't be so stressed out <laughs> because for whatever reason, I'm not accomplishing whatever it is that carrot is in front of me. No, when God's in it, God will give us the peace that we need. When God is in something, he will guide our steps. And it might not materialize in the time frame that we imagined, but if we can trust in the Lord, the Bible says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not to your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he shall. Everybody say, he shall. He shall direct your path. Oh God, I pray that you will guide my path. Direct me, Lord. Make me, God, be able to understand what you're trying to accomplish in me. Help me have the faith to trust you, Lord, that you may guide me and direct me and let me give this important area of my life over to you. At the end of time, the most valuable asset that we have been given is really our time on this earth. It's an opportunity for us to glorify God daily, right? To fulfill his unique purpose that he has gifted you to accomplish his plan that he wants to instill and unfold in your heart and life. Because time is so valuable, we are called to invest time wisely. We're called to invest time wisely. We use a lot of phrases with time that aren't really possible. Can't really buy more time. Can't really find more time. When you talk about making time, that's impossible as well. You can't save time. You can only invest time. Time really is more important and more valuable than money. One similarity with time and money is that both can in fact be invested. However, if you lose it, and that is time, you lose it forever, right? You can't gain more time back. Where we invest our time, it really reveals what is most important to us. The average individual spends about 56 hours sleeping a week. Some of you sleep longer or less. Praise God for whatever spectrum you're on. 24 hours of the, of the week you're eating and doing personal hygiene. 50 hours you're working traveling to work. That means about 35 hours of discretional time left over, about five hours a day. The question is, what are we investing our time in? Are we investing it in the kingdom of God? Are we investing it in others? Are we investing it in growing our spiritual self? How are we investing our time every day? Are we taking opportunities to grow in the Lord? Are we taking opportunities that God sends our way? A friend who wants to talk, maybe lending a helping hand to someone who's in need. What about the privilege of influencing a child's life by being involved in children's ministry? 
What about precious moments of time in which we can pray, spend time with family, kids at our home, with friends and loved ones? I can assure you that a no one on their deathbed ever told me, man, I wish I had more time at the office. <laughs> I wish I had more time on the golf course. That's not, these are all fine things and, and, and in their place and priority, they're fine. But when that becomes a priority, we're missing something. Now more than ever, we've got to learn to value time and that relationships matter. That's why at the sanctuary, we are committed to small groups because there are a great way to invest in one another and in ourselves because we're growing together side by side understanding that we really are better together. I want everyone in this room to understand you really are better together. You were never meant to live life alone, isolated from the body of Christ. No, you are connected. We want you to be a part of our family. We want you to be connected to the Lord and to the source of our strength, Jesus Christ. Author Terry Monk tells of a letter he receives from this guy who had absolutely no interest in spiritual things, okay? He lived next door to a Christian. And they had one of those kind of relationships like most neighbors do, just kind of, hey, Joe, how's it going? Hey, we're doing, you know, just kind of one of those. But then, unfortunately, this non-Christian's wife was stricken with cancer and she passed away. The man shares this in his letter. I was in total despair. After the funeral, I mean, I went on this path along the river. I walked it all night long, but I did not walk it alone per se. My neighbor, who was afraid for me, he stayed with me all night long. Now, he didn't speak. He didn't even walk beside me. He just followed me. And when the sun came up, he basically just simply said these words, hey, why don't we go get some breakfast together? I go to his church now, my neighbor's church, because a religion that can produce this kind of caring and loving my neighbor, it shows me this is the kind of church, this is the kind of relationship that I need to know more about. I want to be like this Christian neighbor. Hey, I want to love and be loved like this guy, right, for the rest of my life. God, help us understand that sometimes it's not the words that we say, but it's just simply the ministry of presence. We're present with people in the midst of pain and sorrow and suffering when they've lost hope. It's just simply hanging on with them and crying with them and being a part of their lives. Sometimes it's just being in their life. Help me, God, understand how valuable time is and how important it is. How much of my discretionary time are we devoting to the Lord and the church do we invest discretionary time in making more money? Do we invest it on our own entertainment or are we investing it in spiritual relationships and matters that will count for eternity? See, one day we're all going to be worshiping around the throne room, right? We're going to be thousands of years. We're just going to sit there and worship the Lord. I mean, it's going to be the, the biggest church service, worship service you have ever been a part of. I mean, it's going to be amazing, right? I mean, people from years gone by. I mean, there are going to be people there celebrating the goodness of the Lord. And we're going to be so we're going to be so thankful for the opportunity just to be in heaven with the Lord and with God's people. So much so the blessings and the honors that would have been bestowed upon us, these crowns, we're going to cast them at the feet of Jesus and begin to worship him saying you are king of kings and you are Lord of lords I thank you God for saving me thank you God for transforming me we're going to take a lot of time and worship the Lord and cast him as the celebration moment of the century the millennium while we're on earth we have a mission everyone say I've got a mission Turn to your neighbor and say, you've got a mission. We all have a mission. We are called to be the church on mission. The truth of the matter is that stewardship of time, it's really all about managing self. It's about managing myself. 
in the classic book, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. Stephen Coveney writes this, time management is a misleading concept. You can't manage time, can't delay it, can't speed it up, can't save it, you can't lose it. No matter what you do, time keeps moving forward at the same rate. The challenge is not to manage time per se, but it is to manage ourselves. It's interesting that when we look to the Bible, we're called to be good stewards, managers of all God has given to us, and that includes our time. More than managing time, we're called to redeem the time, the Bible says. Redeeming the time, Ephesians chapter 5 and 15. Paul shares with the church at Ephesus. He tells them, look, see then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise redeeming the time because the days are evil. This phrase, this walk circumspectly, we might not hear that one very much, right? But what it means is to constantly be looking around and make the most of every single opportunity. Then this word redeeming can be translated buying up purchasing but and then this word of time the greek word chronos it you know some would say you know well this also means clock time measured time minutes or second but really in this passage the word kairos is better translated and it means moments opportunity seize the moment seize the opportunity that's what we're talking about here in this passage redeem the moment redeem the opportunities that god has placed in front of you because the days are evil the end is coming one day and on that glorious day we'll worship him all right we're going to one day worship the king of kings but on this side of glory god help me take advantage of every opportunity i can to grow in faith to bring others to heaven with me help me in this process god shine a light into my soul remove the blinders and help me understand how valuable time is we're called to be good managers. We're called to be good, not just time managers, but opportunity managers. We're called to be opportunity managers. It's not just a time thing, but can I tell somebody it's a timing thing? I mean, it's not just about the amount of time, but it's about timing, right? You know what I'm talking about. You know, when it comes to timing is everything. I mean, you, you missed the car accident, right? You, you did not ask that person out on a date guys, ladies, you, 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 you forgot to do something. You didn't send that note and it's too late. The opportunity has passed. I was supposed to say that one thing that should have encouraged that person. I forgot. Opportunity managers. So we're not just counting minutes and hours and days. We're making the most of every moment and allowing every moment to count because tomorrow we're going to give more time. But can I tell someone you may not have another opportunity for whatever it is God's doing today. You're going to have more time tomorrow, but, but tomorrow you might not have the same opportunity that God places in your path today. And so if we don't redeem the time, what this passage is talking about, someone else is going to manage it for us. If you don't control your schedule, someone else is always going to be happy. Something else will always be happy to do it for you. We get exactly the same amount of time. Everybody in the building, we get the same amount of time as everybody else. We've got to manage ourselves today. We've got to say no to time robbers. What's a time robber? <laughs> well, social media can be a time robber. I mean, it really can. You know, watching a a flick can be a time robber. I'm not saying anything's wrong with these things. I'm just saying that, that you talk about time. Okay, this, this takes time, right? So manage the time, you know. Uh, there are things that we do that we just need to understand that we all have. Now, when we invested in the kingdom, by the way, God keeps a ledger of everything you do, right? Good and bad and ugly, right? So everything that we're doing as unto the Lord, even a cup of water brought in his name, you're going to be blessed. The Bible talks about someone who simply holds the door open, a doorkeeper. That person is going to be blessed. Why? Because they are investing in the kingdom. They are investing in others. Hey, if it all takes me to hold the door open and get a blessing from God, sign me up, right? 
Come on, somebody, all right? I mean, if all it takes is getting a, a bottle of water for someone, you're gonna be, you're, we, whoever did this, you're gonna be blessed. Why? Because God sees it all. Can I tell you something? God sees everything. He knows what's on the inside. He knows our motivations. He knows what's going on. Hey, God is gonna take care of us. Say no to time robbers. I've got to hurry. We must be committed to investing our time in the kingdom. If we're going to make time and spending time with God a priority, that means that we're going to have to say no to a few things. I remember this one guy said, man, I don't got time to be involved in church. I go, oh, what's going on? What's happened? Well, I work a lot of hours. Oh, man, I, I understand. I, I get it. But what about, you know, your off hours? Like, you know, oh, well, man, that's dedicated to video games. I'm like, bro, <laughs> seriously? Yeah, I got this thing I'm doing. It. I'm like, man, <laughs> well, if, if our time is dedicated to, I'd, I'd rather play a video game than go, you know, be involved in church, and that's the priority. And this was an adult, by the way. This wasn't a kid. This was, <laughs> this was a full-grown adult. I mean, family, kids, people. I mean, and I'm like, seriously, you're telling me that? All right. I mean, well, I pray that life lightens up for you in your video game adventures. <laughs> And perhaps one day you'll get a chance to be involved in the church again. God help us, right? God help me. I know it's kind of silly and funny, but it's real, right? It's the real. It's the age we live in. Digital technology is here, and it's going to be here to stay. So God help me manage what I have. God help me manage what I'm doing. Help me manage myself. Trying to help some parents today, by the way. Help parents in the room. Trying to help y'all. All right. Trying to help some parents today. Overload comes when we have too much activity in our lives. We're stressed by the pace of life. Is there a solution? Yes, absolutely. The, the solution is we've got to place some spiritual margin in our life. Put some spiritual margin in your life today. Margin is breathing room. It means I'm keeping a little in reserve, getting ready to use it for the Lord. Margin is the space between your load and your limit. Marginless, and by the way, this is where sometimes I fall, right? It means that I'm going to be 30 minutes late to the doctor's office because I was 20 minutes late, you know, getting out of the place, getting my hair done, my hair cut, 10 minutes late dropping off uh, Jude to school or something because something unexpected happened and ruined my perfectly planned out marginless day. But a good plan always leaves for margin. A good plan always leaves for margin for the unexpected. And so as we wrap this up, what are some benefits then? What are the benefits of being a good stewardship of time? Well, the big one's peace. Anyone want more peace in your life? I need more peace. May the peace of God rule and reign supremely in your life. May the peace of God rule and reign in your life. When we're hurrying around, Worrying, stressed, anxious. It's hard to even think. We don't have a lot of time to focus on the goodness of Jesus and enjoy what God is trying to do with us. God, grow me in this area because if I can manage my time and manage self, I will find more peace. There's better health. Stress harms the body. In fact, we were never to bear stress. Our body was not designed for stress. Our body certainly needs downtime to heal, but we will have better health if we can manage self. We will have stronger relationships when we manage self. Lack of margin is one of the biggest reasons for the collapse of the American family today. Because we don't make relationships a priority. We don't make time for one another. We're so busy. Well, then our relationships, our friendships, our family, they suffer Another area that we find we manage self is there's fulfillment in serving, fulfillment in ministry, okay? When we're overloaded with activity, all we can do is think of self. 
because we're in survival mode, just trying to get through the day, just trying to barely crawl out of the hole that we found ourselves in. But when we begin to place spiritual things, spiritual self into the hands of the master, we will begin to be fulfilled. There is a completeness in placing the kingdom of God first in our life. We will find a strength and a joy and a peace once again. That might mean I say no to a few things. It might mean I lay some things at the altar and say, God, help me in this area. Let me surrender some things. But God, I want the peace of God to rule and reign. God, I want to be fulfilled in serving you. When we have no margin in our life, we end up resenting the greatest gift, the greatest opportunity we have from God, and that is the gift of time. Let's stand. Now I know, what kind of message is this? It's a message of hope. I want to help someone. You've been trying to figure out what the problem is, right? We're all there. What's the real deal? I mean, what's the problem? Why am I stressed? Why, why does it feel like I am so overwhelmed with everything? What's going on? I think I've forgotten something. I've forgotten that we're supposed to be the church, the bride of Christ on mission here on earth. Perhaps for whatever reason, I've allowed myself to fall in the trap that the world says, this is what a good life looks like. This is how the, the, the day's routine should really be shaped and formed. This is how everybody else is doing it. But if I am a child of the king, a the King of kings and the Lord of lords. He's the one I should be dedicated to. He is the one I should be willing to surrender to. So God, help me with my arms open, my mind fixed on you. God, will you reveal things in me that are not like you? Areas that need to be surrendered in this important area of my life. God, cause me to be who you're calling me to be. God, instill purpose in my life rather than me drifting purposeless in life. Do what only you can do. I refuse to walk overloaded and in survival mode any longer. My eyes are fixed upon you. My faith, God, it is in you today. I place my trust in you, believing, God, that your perfect plan can unfold in me. And so today I repent I am sorry. God, fill me, God, one more time with your strength and with your spirit. Transform me, God, from the inside out. I've been worrying about things that I've not had to worry about because you're the one in charge. There's been some things I've been concerned about, God. You're the one that's going to guide my steps. There's some areas in my life, God, that are not surrendered quite yet. Lord, today is my moment. This is my opportunity, my Kairos moment. God, I pray today that your will be done. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Transform me now from the inside out. Lord, I lay my, my burden at the altar. I lay my pain at the altar. My confusion at the altar. Stir up the gift within me today because I'm surrendering my all to you. In the name of Jesus Christ, I know I'm I'm reaching someone today. I don't know what you've been going through this week, this month, this year, the last 12 months, but God has a plan. God has a purpose. God will help you right now. God, this is your opportunity. This is your God-ordained moment to seek first the kingdom, to lay aside some things and place your life, place your future, place your trust into the hands of the master. As every head is bowed, every eye is closed, I'm about to open up 
this front part of the auditorium, the altar area, where you can come and pray. You can socially distance between folks safely if you'd like. But right now, I believe God is calling someone to grow. God is calling someone to move, to make a new commitment. God is calling us to be transformed in His image. How are we handling this moment will determine our future. In the name of Jesus Christ, I pray for every person in this room today. I pray, God, for everyone that's listening online. God, do what only you can do in everyone's heart and life. Lord, stir up, God, something within us. Lord, I pray today is my decision moment. Today is my moment to decide. I will surrender to you. I will surrender my time to you, my talent, my treasure. I will surrender my all to you, trusting that you can guide me, trusting that you will lead me. I am no longer the one that it's going to chart my own path in life. I am fully dedicated to you, trusting that your plan can and will unfold this day as I begin to place you, God. Place you, Lord, at the center of it all. I want you, Lord, to be at the center of my life. I want you, Lord, to be the one, the thing that when I wake up in the morning, I'm focused on. When I go to bed at night, I'm praising you about it. God, I pray that you do something within me. Stir something within me today. Let your spirit fall in this place right now. Transform us now, God, from the inside out. Let us focus upon you. Let the supernatural work occur signs and wonders and miracles let it be released in this place right now god do what only you can do jesus do what only you can do in us lord stir up something within us god because we desire to see you glorified we desire to see you magnified in the name of jesus in the name of jesus can we all find a place of prayer I invite you, you're welcome to come to the front. You can pray or wait where you are, but we need to make this entire place a place of prayer. There are folks that are weeping right now. The presence of God is upon you. God is trying to stir something in your heart. God is trying to touch you. God is trying to call you to action right now. Can we find a way to begin to say, God, this is my moment. This is my hour. This is my opportunity to surrender my all to you. Right now, where you are, would you begin to cry out to God? Say, Jesus, I love you. Jesus, I surrender to you. Jesus, I want to give you my all right now. Everything about me is for you. It is for your kingdom and for your glory. I refuse to be a time waster any longer, God. Robbing things, Lord Jesus, from you. Taking things that are not supposed to be in my life right now. I dedicate my life one more time. I rededicate my heart to you one more time. In the name of Jesus, have your way in this place right now. Jesus, I pray you speak life and speak hope right now. Speak peace in the midst of chaos. In the name of Jesus, let's all pray. The presence of God is here. He's ministering already. Jesus is here. Would you reach out to the Lord right now in your own way? Jesus is here. The presence of God is here.